Welcome back to the Starting Five Podcast. Grizz Nation, what it do, what it do. It's your man, Tev Shakir, running point center. I'm not the one P shark, but shout out to him. <laughs> what's up, guys? Man, what's going on? Definitely missing the rest of the crew, but we still on three-man weave. This thing, I'm at underscore Scalito as usual. Um, and we've had some crazy weather in Memphis. It's been cold. It's been, you know, we've had tornado warnings, but the Grizzlies are streaking in the wintertime, and I like it. The Grizz are without cap. We're still without cap. What's good? It's the corner man, uh, Trail. What's up to all of Grizz Nation, except this one guy who I gazed upon leaving the Rockets Grizzlies game who was wearing a Chandler Parsons jersey. No. Very concerning to me. Very concerning to me. Very concerning. Yes, I guarantee you. Was it was Memphis or Houston? It was Memphis. It was Memphis. That would have been a troll if he was Houston, low key. That would have been a troll. In Houston, so. but yeah. he, he, I'm going to take it as he ain't have nothing better to wear. Right. He, he didn't have. He didn't. He didn't have any. Okay. He didn't have any clean clothes. Let's focus on love and good energy, gentlemen. Because there we, like there we said, go. Our streak right. and we don't want to bring you know Parsons, whoever that guy is. We talked about him enough. <laughs> <time. So>. All <laughs> right. All right. But no, the Grizz are streaking. Uh, two game win streak, three and one for the week, gentlemen. Uh, give me your take of the week. I love the energy that the the Grizzlies are playing with they it seemed like they're playing with a sense of urgency but the person that I there's two people that I think you definitely have to give credit to and I think that's one Desmond Bain and and two Triple J um I've always been a fan of Desmond Bain I was a you know a big advocate of his once we when we drafted him I just kind of knew that he he had the ability to to make baskets whenever but yet again this is my second week raving about Triple J I was at Two of the games this week. Who would have known? Who would have known? Right. Um, but but and I think regardless of if you've been on the side of you know triple J sucks, or you know, I would be hesitant to give him money, which was me, and you have people that were on the other side of the fence that were like, you know, give him time, you know, let him get into his, you know, let him, you know, let, let him find his way. Those two people have to come together and mutually agree that his aggressiveness over the past week week and a half or how long jaw's been out you can't like not notice that like again i was at two games this week and there were several times where i saw him grab the rebound he looked like there was a look he had in his eye that says i'm taking this to the basket and i could give a damn who's going to pick me up and that's the part that i love that's the part of the darren jackson journey that i was wanting that's the part that i was constantly calling out to say like where is where is that like where is the aggression and i can't do nothing but commend him for the awesome job that he's done again not not just offensively but again defensively as well too i think trevor you pointed out last week that he's still having some foul troubles here and there but he hadn't fouled out of the game (laughs) um he hadn't fouled out of the game he's you know he's blocking shots he's 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 picking up his guy one-on-one he's not letting his guy get past him um I love what I'm seeing again, not just from the team, but Triple J is playing with a different level of aggression, um, aggressiveness, and I love it. And I really hope that he continues to do it. Absolutely. Um, while Skyler is is raving about three J since he he's been on that wave over the past two weeks, I'll continue to rave about my wife's new favorite player, Desmond Bain, who's been on a absolute tear. Um, since Ja has been out over these last uh, couple of weeks or whatever. Um, 
I'm also would like to acknowledge as the first person on not on the starting five but on the Let's Be Real podcast that I said that Desmond Bain would be in the conversation for most improved player. And now that that's gaining traction, here we are. Who would have known? Who would have known? <laughs> Who would have known? <laughs> Who would have known? <laughs> known that uh, Desmond Bain would definitely be a, a huge contender? And I do mean he needs to be in that conversation for most improved player because what he has done since uh, pretty much this entire season, if we were going to be honest, has been nothing been nothing short of amazing um again the scholars point we got to commend 3j for his aggressiveness which i've been seeing as well uh, i wasn't at two of the games last week i was at the houston game which of course he didn't play because of his uh knee soreness which uh i, I get it he, he needed the game off and he could have taken his game off but it is what it is but uh i'm i'm really proud of uh what the grizzlies have done this week I also would like to be the one to say that I was the only one on this podcast that said the Grizz would beat the Lakers. Um, so, man, <laughs> what's going on with y'all Lakers? <laughs> what is going on with y'all Lakers? What's, what's not my Lakers. You, you, you not on this podcast. We won't. Not on this podcast. We won't. You talked about we're going to talk about positivity. We're going to talk about great things. The Lakers doesn't fall under that category. Nick, we moving on. Moving on, <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, but I, I will uh, again, again, shout out to the Grizz. Uh, it was a tough one last night, not as tough as we a little tougher than we wanted against Houston. Uh, but Houston is a scrappy bunch. Um, Josh Christopher is, is as advertised, so we didn't get Jalen Green, we didn't get Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, but he's is, is advertised. Uh, the foreign guy they draft, uh, Agoon is uh, he's. Pretty nice. He's definitely like a textbook definition of herky jerky. Uh, because he looks like when he's making moves, he's out of control, but somehow he knows what he's doing and he's getting to his spots. Um, but again, uh kudos to the Grizz on, on a great week. I wish it could have been a perfect week for yours truly, but I'll take the three and one and I will take the the, the swap between Miami and Dallas. So hey, there you go. Man. Definitely still a great week, like you said, three and one. And who would have known that my guy Tillman, Mr. Tillman Sr., would be a top 10 dunk maker? Like, who would have known? They put that guy in a body bag. Ooh. Man, I know Sheedy's not here to take out uh, the Bible or anything, but yeah, uh, Algoon got baptized in, in the name of the Father, the Son, of the, of the Holy Ghost. And I was in the house when that happened. <laughs> And yeah, it was, it was crazy. he also he had two posters in one night too. Shout out to Xavier Tillman because he also had one on Daniel Tice. Uh, I think it was in the third quarter as well. So yeah, Xavier Tillman played played his butt off last uh, against the Rockets. We'll definitely be talking about him a little bit more on the pod. But um, the bench play has been stellar um, in this run as well. <laughs> um, Kelly and Tilly, we see the last couple of games that Coach Jenkins is really trying to get him involved. Taking you know seven shots and six uh seven threes and three uh six threes. So I think him getting involved and you know as a you know as a four or five, whichever way you know coach wants to use them, I think that'll be pretty cool to see um going forward. Um, because that do help with off the bench shooting. Um I think John Conchar, you know, he's still trying to find his groove. We still got Melton. Um, but as far as like a post, you know, three-point player, that that can be a role that uh that that Tilly, you know, tries to excel in. So I think going forward, that'll be cool to see. But we're going to bring this thing back to the post just for a second, man. This is 50 for the city. This is 50 for the city, Trev. You were there. Like, give, give us give us your take of the night, man. 
Well, the entire night, I'm not just going to even talk about the ceremony. The entire night for uh, 50 for the city was just amazing. Um, I, I, I is you can't really put it into words. I got like my title says it was almost a perfect night, and I'll get to the cons for a minute, but let me get all the positivity out first. Probably the best moment of that night because they had different players like giving their testimonies on Zach Randolph having his jersey retired. They had Chris Paul actually giving the testimony, and the entire FedEx forum booed him. The boos were so loud you couldn't hardly hear what Chris Paul was saying. <laughs> like it, that was probably the best moment out of the entire night. And then the um, the promotion, the video uh, package that was narrated by Ice Cube was great. Um, of course, the shots at Blake Griffin that everyone took was hilarious as well. Um, but now on to the cons of of the night of fifty for the city. First and foremost, I you know this pocket, well, you know how two can I feel about one Christopher Wallace and uh the fact that this guy actually got an interview and actually tried to get some recognition. For this. Now I get it. He was the general manager when the core four was put together, but we know all of his other moves that he's made as a GM kind of overshadows all the good that he's done. So the fact that he actually got an interview uh was really problematic to me. Yes, when they introduced him, I did boom. So I will be the one thank the one to say thank you, thank you, sir. Yeah, I, I did boom and I did put my thumbs down at him. Um and secondly, and I know this was like beyond our control, uh, you would have loved for Tony Allen to be there. And I know he would have loved to have been there. Um, but of course, he does have some uh, legal um, things going on at the moment. Uh, so instead, of course, they had Bonzi Wells, of course, shout out to Bonzi, who's coaching the LOC right now, uh, speak on Zebo's behalf during their time when they were in Portland and when they were both growing up in Indiana. So, but outside of those two things, man. You couldn't have asked for a better night for Zach Randolph. You had uh DJ Paul, Young Buck, and ball A ball MJG perform stay fly at halftime. Yeah, uh shout out Big 30 who uh performed during right at the beginning of the uh retirement ceremony immediately after the game. But like I said, it was almost a perfect night, but you, you couldn't ask for anything better, man. So it was it was great, man. Shout out to Zebo for giving out all these vinyls. Uh, if you were at the game and you was part of the first five thousand, man, you got like one. the greatest hits. So, yeah. if you're listening to this pod and you have an extra one, I'm willing to pay for one. But yeah, I yeah, and not even just to talk about just the night, but uh, the week that led up into it. Like, if, I'm not sure if y'all got a chance to watch the the documentary that was Absolutely. put up on YouTube. Ooh, yes, um, the documentary was everything. One, I felt old, just like re- like reminiscing, like dang, like. That seemed like it was so long ago. Like, and we, I just think about the two Grizzly scenes, like that Grizzly scene with Zebo, Zach. Uh, I said Zebo and Zach, uh, Zebo and Mark and, and and Tony and Mike. Like, that team is totally different. Like, that team is gone. Like, and you think about what team we have now. So I kind of felt old just like looking at the documentary, but like, again, just huge, you know, shouts to, to those that put that, that YouTube, um, the YouTube documentary together for him. Like, huge shouts to Zebo, everything that he did for the community. Like, again, you just like, he, it seemed as if he was a Memphian. Like somebody was talking to me about that the other day. I was like, Zebo from Memphis? I was like, no, but it feels as if like he grew up like right down the street from all of us because he was here for so long. You know, he was a grizzly. He he was so plugged into the community. It's one thing for people to say 
that are players that way. But no, he was legit plugged into the city where they was paying people's bills, you know, doing the backpack giveaways, um, going to St. Jude and stuff like that. Like he was an amazing um, player, but then also a great just person for the city of Memphis. And it was great just to kind of see um, all the things that, you know, all the ways that he was celebrated for, for this week. It was great to see. One thing that, that really hit me, especially watching the dog, is that he kind of manifested the rest of his career when he said, I wanted y'all to do a positive interviews about me. And now we see your your jersey getting hung because you are, in my, in my opinion, the greatest embodiment of what it means to be a Memphis Grizzly. Like you really came, you know, out of nowhere. They 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 literally gave us Zach Randolph, the Clippers. Thank you, Clippers. Like y'all literally gave them to us. And instead of Zach saying, okay, whatever, I can just play and do, you know, my thing. He really took upon the culture of the city of Memphis and worked hard at it and gave us his all. And I think in return, and I know in return that we gave him, you know, everything he could have asked for and continues uh, continuously do. Um, so big salute to Zebo. Um, rest in peace to Tiny Lesser too, who's uh, who's actually the name Debo come from. Um, for those who aren't old enough, <laughs> that's a Friday reference. Um, shout out to Ice Cube for for making the other um, video that released last night. Um, if you hadn't checked out the documentary and the uh, the video, they're both on the Memphis Grizzly webpage. Please go do both of those things now. Um, Zebo meant a lot to the city, and I'm pretty sure he's not going anywhere. Yeah, again, shout out Grind City Media for that documentary too, man. Grind City Media, Grind City, yep, yeah. yep, yep. Shout out Grind City Media for that, real talk. So um, let's get into actually uh, switch it up a little bit, Q&A, because there's another Grizz player that I want to talk about. Um, y'all know me. I grew up watching the Grizz play. So it, when you think of Memphis Grizzly, the first name that you kind of think of is Pau Gasol, right? So um, I wanted to ask the first question for the day. Do you see the Memphis Grizzlies retiring Pau Gasol's jersey? I would say yes, because it, like I said, the, when you think of Memphis Grizzlies first, that's the first name you think of, in my opinion, in the earlier pyramid days. Uh, for those not old enough, yes, the Bass Pro Shop is where the Grizzlies used to play when they first got here. Um, yep. <laughs> he was our first All-Star in 2006, averaging uh, 20 points a game. Um, and I know the city of Memphis was really on him, but when you think about, like I said, just establishing the first – the, being the first all-star here in the in the city of Memphis, I think it does mean something. Yeah, no, I'm not I'm not sure if he's one of the first people that you mentioned. Um, but I think he's up there. Um, will they retire his jersey? I think I would want them to. But my thing about it, the the thing that concerns me is the fact that it hasn't been done yet. Like he he was traded from the team 2008, 2009, 2008, somewhere in there. Yeah, somewhere in there. And here we are, 2021. And to your point, Trevor, like, I mean, not Trevor, to uh, what you just mentioned, like, you know, his numbers and him being one of the, you know, literally like one of the first Grizzlies players here in Memphis when they played um, at the, um, like they played at the Pyramid, like he was legit, like kind of one of those, like, I don't want to use the word loosely, but kind of grandfathers because he was one of the first people here. He was one of the first people to establish, you know, what the Memphis Grizzlies were. Um, and that was 13 years ago. And so it hasn't been done to this point. You would think it would have been done. Um, but I mean, again, I would like to see it. Um, I think Trevor, and I, I don't, don't want to steal your uh, thunder, Trevor. Um, <laughs> but I think you're going to mention um, the fact that, that, you know, they could potentially do retire his jersey and Marcus House up, which I think is a great idea. And I think they should do it. I'm just of one of those, like, it hasn't been done yet. So how 
you know, how much thinking are they actually putting into there? Yeah, and you got to think, and you really have to look at it. That actual trade is very intertwined because Mark is essentially what we got back <laughs> in the deal for Powell. So the fact that it hasn't been done yet is really mind-boggling to me. He's, of course, part of the uh, early days of the Grizzlies. He's our first all-star. He's our first rookie of the year. He's part of the first team to get the Grizzlies to the playoffs for the first time. So at this point, like at this point, what's what's taking this organization so long? I, I really do believe uh that they if when that time comes, like he and Mark probably should be retired at the same time because they're so intertwined with each other. And of course, Mark actually growing up in the city of Memphis, because he's definitely a Memphian for those that may not know. Um so yeah, I, I would love to see it. I think they should. Um, there's a spot open once again, like I mentioned before the show, uh, for this to happen. So it's just a matter of the Grizzlies organization making it happen. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Like I, I agree with you all. Uh, why isn't Pau Gasol's jersey retired? That's a question I asked. But um, retiring his and Mark's together would be, be I think it would be great. Um, I think, I think it'll be the first, I guess, brother retirement. I don't think that's anything that happened before in NBA history either. Um, and so as a Memphis fan, as a Grizz fan, I would love to see that. Um, and Pagasal is long overdue, but like you said, um, Shark, uh, I was to say Sharky, shout out to Sharky. Uh, like, <laughs> like I said, Scott, it's like only said, three of us on this podcast, so we can't right, get right, none right. of our names right. Yeah, we name it, everybody else. Said, right, they, they're here in spirit and we feel them. That's what it is. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but I was kind of like you said, if it hadn't happened now, uh, how much has the organization put down into it? So. Um, that is definitely something to think about. Um, let's talk about, let's see, question number two. Fat Boy Sports, we didn't get to answer this one uh, from last week. Trevor, you got that one? Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll paraphrase this because I don't have the actual tweet up. But uh, essentially what they asked was who was more beloved in Memphis between the Gasol brothers, um, Powell or Mark? Uh, I think we pretty much all have the same answer here. and We kind of just answered it with the last segment, but I'll let two starters off. Yeah. Um, so it is definitely within the fan base, uh, Mark Gasol, um, but it's not due to Pau Gasol personally. Um, Pau Gasol's style of play was more so of mid-range jump shooting. Um, he was more so like a stretch forward in a bank. He could bank inside, but as a city of Memphis, we love Zebo for one example, because he stayed inside. He was a rough dog. He got it done in the paint. That's what, that's what we like to see, like get it done in the paint. I think Pau Gasol was more, you know, leaning towards the outside more the more that he started to shoot, which in transition was perfect to fit with, you know, the late great Kobe Bryant and the Lakers. That's how they were able to win a couple of ships. So, you know, with his style of play, I think that Memphis kind of bashed him the same way we kind of bashed Jaron in a way. Um, you know, when now we seeing that aggression, we seeing that that like you said, uh, like you said, Skylar that it's something in his eyes that's going on that, that we finally seeing. I don't think Grizz Nation saw that until Pau Gasol became an all-star. But in order for him to get there, he had to, you know, get there, which was, you know, five, six years later. Um, but Marc Gasol grew up in Memphis, you know, everybody came into the organization and pretty much grew up a Memphian. And, you know, he is what he is now. So that's that's my take on that. Yeah, and I think the, for me the answer is a little – it's – kind of easy i think mark is the easy answer for this one um because that stretch again where they were competing in the playoffs with the you know they were beating the spurs and they were going back and forth with their thing with the uh with the clippers and the thunder 
I think essentially like most Grizzlies fans are going to remember that that time span and Mark Gasol was in the center of that. And again, everything that, you know, with the understanding of everything that Pal Gasol did and the great numbers that he had, and he was one of the first, you know, Memphis Grizzlies here. Again, that window when, you know, when the Grizzlies were going through um, their winning stages and bringing uh, playoff wins and things like that, like we're going to remember that. And like to your point, like Mark Gasol was here for that. Um, he embodied the city to your point, um, Trevor, uh, and took like he grew up here. Um, he was even here, like even after like Zebo and, and, and Tony left when it was just him and when it was just even him, uh, he and Mike and they and they stuck out and they, you know, they never even when things kind of got bad, they never were just like, you know, I want out. I want to get out of the city. I want to be traded to somebody else like they were here and they it just kind of seemed like they that that they never wanted to leave. Um, and then you just kind of see even still how did they like, especially Mark, how he talks about the city even after the fact that he left. Like, I think if I'm not mistaken, part of his um, championship ring that he got with the Raptors, there's some form of like um, there's some remembrance of Memphis in that championship ring for him, if I'm not mistaken. Again, like that's just him embodying the city. That's him like really understanding it, you know, putting his love, um, his arms around for the city. And people will always remember that. So it's yeah, Mark everybody. Knew that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and I'll just keep it short and sweet so we can move forward because I know we got to get back to this current Grizzlies team. Um, right. Every we we talked about a lot of firsts that Powell embodied, but a lot of the first there's a lot of firsts that Mark is uh, a part of too that the Grizz Nation will appreciate more. Like the Grizz first playoff win, Grizz first playoff series win, the Grizz first uh, conference finals berth. Like that's all Mark saw. Oh, and the Grizz first um, first team all defense. First team all defense, yeah. <laughs> Defensive player of the year, despite what, yeah. what Tony Allen may say between because he feels that that's his trophy and not Mark's, but a regardless, it still resides in Memphis. Um, so the the answer here is, is is Mark, and it's not taking anything away for what Powell um did and what he brought to the city. Um Mark just actually grew up here. And if you were in the city while Mark was growing up. You would have not have guessed beyond a shadow. Never. You would have never thought that he yes. would be where he is today. I guarantee you. I We're think gonna, I don't, if you look online for for his picture at Lausanne, we'll find it. We'll find it and post it. <laughs> yeah, if you look at it at, from when he was at Lausanne, you would not have thinking that he would be where he is today. I promise you. But again. I think both of them, but like I said, they, they they deserve their flowers each. But if you ask all of Grizz Nation, they will probably lean more towards Mark. Right. right, right. Great answer, gentlemen. All right, let's get into the current basketball team. Now we have Memphis Uruguay. Shout out to them at Memphis UI for this one. Uh, with Tillman <laughs> and Tilly gaining minutes back, what should the Grizz do in the long term? Having plenty of options and players at the four and the five that may not have their place on the team, Talking about Adama, Clark, and even Tillman or Tilly. Long term, and I think I said this a couple of weeks ago, long term in the perfect world, you will want Xavier Tillman as your starting five. Um, Long term in a perfect world. Uh, I think in the terms of Killian Tilly as of right now, because I'm not sure, because I know Brandon Clark missed uh, the game against Houston as well. Um, I'm not sure what his status is currently. I have to go back and look at that. But uh, Tilly probably – you should probably look to sign Tilly for the remainder of the season. Like, he's on a two-way contract right now. Um, 
just so you can have bodies in the front court because uh, Steven Adams looks like he's probably going to be out because he sprained his ankle in the game against Houston and he didn't return. So essentially now you're down to Tilly Aldama and um, Xavier Tillman. So long-term, um, that remains to be seen. I think that's a question we can't answer right now because once everybody is healthy once again, their minutes pretty much are going to go back down just a tad. Um, but this is a great problem to have. It just shows the amount of depth that the Grizzlies have and the amount of depth that's uh, developing here in Memphis. So long-term, like I said, with Tillman, you would want him to be your starting five, but again, that remains to be seen. Uh, I don't think you can answer that just right away. I think it's their minutes are up because of all of the injuries, and I think with once everyone's back healthy, you can expect those minutes to go back down. Um, I might say an answer that people may – you know, I may get some slack about. It. I would actually try to see. I would probably give Killian Tilly a little bit more minutes than I normally would, for the simple fact that I love Xavier Tillman. But there, in my opinion, there are times where he goes missing, um, and not necessarily in games, but stretches of the season where, like, you know, he can have a good game here, and then you just kind of like not hear from him, or he doesn't perform well over the next three or four games. So I would probably see, you know, what can Killian Tilly, what can he, what can Tillian give you? over a course of consistent minutes is is what I want to see. Um, that's that's what I would do. And, and Xavier Timmy may be the answer, but because there's a – for me, there's a little bit of uncertainty. I would – I was just trying to see what I can get out of Tilly more. Yeah. I think um, this would be the perfect time for Coach Jenkins to kind of experiment with starting Tillman, and especially with Steven Adams being out, um, and especially not, you know, moving uh, Triple J to the five all of a sudden. I think if you start him at the four and Tillman at the five, and like you said, Trev, which it'll eventually be the great star lineup anyway, um, that'll be fun for us to see. And I think long term, y'all know me, I'm a huge Xavier Tillman guy. He does a dirty work. Um, he he does, like like we saw last night, apparently he got good bunnies, so he'll give us a highlight player too. Um, but as far as like energy, energy is always infectious. And even though he may go missing um, offensively, defensively, he's always going to have a presence inside. Um, Brandon Clark, um, he's playing a lot. He's been playing a lot better lately. But I think that if he doesn't find a consistent jump shot, I think that, you know, Tilly may take more of Brandon Clark's minutes because he is able to shoot. Um, and he's still kind of like a bigger body. So um, I think the kind of I think if it's anybody long term, that should kind of be on a hot seat. I think it is. And not to say on a hot seat, because like Brandon Clark, it's not like he's going to go anywhere. But as far as like minutes being reduced, if Brandon Clark's not able to get a jump shot, Xavier, uh, not Xavier Tillman, will get more minutes and Tilly would get more minutes because like he is able to spread the floor a little bit. Yeah. Oh, I say, you, you, if I'm the Grizz, I will probably look to sign Tilly for the, for the rest of the season. Definitely. He's on a two-way contract now with the Grizz and the hustle, but I will look to sign him for the rest of the season just just to have an extra body there at that four spot. And he can spend. And he can and spend. He can play some mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. All right, gentlemen, let's get into the predictions of the week. We have – Hold on. We, we have one more question, actually. We have one more. Let's get it. What we yeah, got? We got one more question from our guy, Zach No Randolph. Uh, follow him on Twitter. At oh, that guy came in with a, with a quick one. All right, what's yeah, up? DBL Tree two two seven. That's that's his uh, Twitter. So go follow him. So his his question is: Will Desmond Baines' continued development force the organization to make a decision about Melton sooner than later? Hmm. Um. I don't think they necessarily have to because. 
when did DeAnthony Melton get that extension? Was how long ago was it? Like I'm trying to remember it was what last year, year I believe it was, it was last year. Right. So I think you, you have time. I don't think you necessarily have to make any decisions on there right now. If because I mean, really, it's it's a good problem to have, right? Desmond Main is playing like out of this world. He's you know he's showing that he's getting better. You know, with each game, he's up there in points, like averaging between eighteen and twenty points. I mean, we talk about how well he shoots the ball from three. Um, but again, if he has an off night, DeAnthony Melton is there, not only one to you know to fill those minutes offensively, but we've seen times in uh, we've seen times and stretches where DeAnthony Melton he he get you some deflections. He'll maybe guard the the other teams, you know, um, best defender, or he'll guard their opposing point guard. And so, mm-hmm. in my opinion, it it doesn't hurt to have that type of a problem. I don't think you necessarily have to make any decisions on that because Desmond Bain is in his second year. Um, D. Anthony Melton is in the second year of his contract extension, I believe. So I don't think you need to do anything right now. Just let, just let that keep working. Yeah, like D'Anthony Melton is is we call him Mr. Do Something for for a reason because he's actually going to do something when he's out on the court, whether it's uh playing defense, getting rebounds, scoring, what have you. He's gonna be out there to try to leave his imprint on the game. So I kind of agree with Skyler here. I don't think you really need to make a decision on the Anthony Melton just yet. Uh, you gave him the extension for a reason. Um, he's on a great contract. Uh, I think all of us predicted around the amount that we would keep the Anthony Melson for. Um, so yeah, is it just goes to how much uh, of depth that's developing here in Memphis. Mm-hmm. So this is again, this is a great problem to have, uh, especially problem. with the way that Desmond Bain has been playing as of late. So I, I wouldn't do anything right now um, with the Anthony Melson. So just just keep it rolling as is. And as the season progressed, um, those are two players that can still play on the court together. It's not like you had to take one out for another. Um, and with this season being about development, like Desmond Baines' development is like Kyle Anderson, Anderson's from last year, even though we kind of don't see the quite, uh, the quite same from Kyle this year. Like that level, that next level step is what we're seeing from Desmond Bain, and it's definitely exciting to watch. Um, but you do need somebody like Melton who, like you said, Trev, can do it all. Um, and Melton does that and he can have a hot night, you know, definitely. So there's somebody on the bench that they can that can definitely have his night uh, of his own. So great, great question on that one. Um, any more? <laughs> that, that's it. Now that's we it. can we, we can good. move on to uh, close, this week for the Grizz. Close a Grizz mailbox. All right. Yeah. Um, so we got the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, Portland twice, actually. Um, and Sacramento in between those two Portland games. Gentlemen, who do y'all have winning this week? Um, I'll go. How many games is that? Did you just mention? It's, it's four. Four, it's four, four, four games. Those games, that they, in my opinion, win. Uh, I'm not that concerned about Portland uh, with them kind of going through the mess that they're going through. Um, as far as, you know, the, the Dame Lillard and the GM thing, uh, news came out earlier about um, CJ McCollum. Not sure how long he's out, but he's having um, injury issues. I believe it's his heart or something like that. So, um, I would say you can give me three and one. Um, my concern, which I don't think I need to be concerned, but um, you know, how long is Stephen Adams out? Um, what's the the extent of you know Triple J? What's the what's the extent of that? Uh, of that knee issue when does job come back which it sounds like it's sooner rather than later it's just a matter of like i think you know maybe him clearing um covid protocol so um i'm gonna go with three one with the assumption that triple j is playing i'm pretty sure he'll continue the, the great play that he's gonna have 
Um, Desmond Bain is going to keep playing as well as he has. The bench is going to um, continue to, you know, play as well as they have. And then one more thing to add is Taylor Jenkins is actually playing really – he's actually coaching them really, really well. I know there was call, there was, you know, cause for concern earlier this season, but By he's literally – he was he has pressed the right buttons over the past two weeks since job been out. And I'm always one of those people that I try to, you know, how good is a coach when your star player is out? When your star player is out, what what moves do you make after that? And again, you know, he's gotten really good play out of pretty much everybody on the roster. I mean, Jerk Culver came in and, and did real against the Lakers earlier this season. So again, I think that's a testament to to Taylor Jenkins. And so I'll go three one with the assumption that, you know. For the most part, I don't think they'll have the Grizzlies will have too many injury issues. And I think who's on the schedule, I think they can take those games. Hmm. So the Grizz killer is going to be out um, for the Trailblazers. Uh, he Perfect. Has a, cool. okay. he, has a, he has a collapsed lung. Um, so our prayers do go out to CJ McCollum. Please get Definitely. well soon. Uh, so that home and home against the Trailblazers, those are definitely two games that you can definitely grab. Um, the Grizzlies are pretty much on Sacramento this season, so I, I don't see any reason why the Grizz can't can't get this game. Uh, the toss up game is going to be the one on uh, against Philly. Um, that will actually be tonight when this uh, comes out. So uh, I'm actually going to go three and one as well. I think. Memphis loses to Philly and uh, sweeps the rest of the week. So, here we go. I know it was the same thing as last week, but I, it, it's that I predicted last week, but here we go. Here we go. I'm going to go – let me see. I think we're going to lose to Philly, but we're going to get back streaking again. So, uh, end, end off the week 3-0, and um, two wins against Portland, one win against Sac. No, loss against Philly. Let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, I think the, the Philly's Philly's riding high right now after beating Golden State. Um, so that, that that's that's a potential. It's a little tough one for the Grizz, but I'll say this: if Three J is playing, if Stephen Adams is playing, I will give the Grizzlies a much better shot than if they're not going to be playing. So. Easier said. That's, that's easy. So. Bet, bet, bet. All right, but well, that is it for this week's episode. Y'all have anything else to add? Uh, yes, Grizz Nation. Uh, gr- people that we know are associated with the Memphis Grizzlies organization. If you have any of these extra vinyls left, please let us know. Uh, the, rest, the rest of the starting five would like a copy, please. Just get us, hit us up on our respective Twitter pages. Hit us up at starting five mem. So if you have any extras, let us know because I it would probably be great if the rest of the starting five would would have this vinyl record as well. Um, so hey, I don't want to be the only one to flex on everybody with this. So I flex. Yeah, everybody's a star, but the team. As the great Jay Z says, everybody's a star, but the team ball. So if I have one, the team needs to have one as well. So there you go. This is a series, a season of giving. So. If you're reading this, if you read this, if you're uh, listening to this, happy holidays. But just remember, this is a season of giving. We have asked very nicely with a cherry on top. Please make that happen. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so uh, shout out to everybody listening. Uh, the Point Center running at Tab Shakir. Make sure you follow us at 
uh, starting five, M.E.M. and Grizzly Bear Blues at SBN Grizzlies. Gentlemen. I'm at underscore Scalator on Twitter. Grizzlies keep it streaking in the wintertime. Let's get it. I'm at the Auto Trevor, of course. The first letter of each word is capitalized, except of, because it's a preposition. Uh, one last thing, shout out to Anthony Sane, who I ran into at the uh, Grizz Rockets game last night. Um, of course, it was all love there. Had to show him some love because I did have on my Dylan shirt that he made as well. So, um, shout out. Hey, let's get it. Let's get it. All right, till next time, Grizz Nation. Y'all be easy. Peace. Go Grizz.